I remember when I was a kid, it felt like the moment Independence Day rolled around, July 4th, summer was sliding away. It was pretty much over at that point. That's kind of how I've been feeling this summer. I think I've lamented on this podcast more than once now how time is such a weird construct. It's been so long since I've been able to just chat with people. Most of my understanding for the way people are thinking or feeling about things comes from social media. And as much as I hate reading the comments sometimes, this week I wanted to take a pause on our normal operations and dive into what you guys are saying about going out to eat or maybe not. So this week on Abby Eats St. Louis, your voices, how you felt about things reopening, where you're going out to eat, and the experiences you're having. I absolutely 1,000% will be dining out and would have done so two months ago as well. Long overdue. Since again, time is a weird construct, I got producer Dory's vacation week wrong in my calendar, but that's okay because my guest co-host for later in the show runs a popular St. Louis beer blog. Have you ever been on a podcast? No. Does it feel weird? I will let you know after it airs and I get to listen to my voice. (laughs) That's the worst part of it, trust me. So stick around for your 4th of July edition of the Weekend Planner and a whole lot of food news. Throughout the St. Louis area, restaurants are free to welcome guests inside their dining rooms again, with restrictions based on CDC recommendations. However, just because they're allowed to doesn't mean all restaurants are doing it again yet, though. Many are patio or outdoor seating only, or following some of the guidance we shared a few episodes ago from the National Restaurant Association, adding things like requiring reservations or only using disposable menus and silverware. There's a lot of variety in how restaurants are dealing with this based on their own situations. But right now, it seems that people, the restaurant visitors and guests, are in a couple of very different but very specific categories on how they're feeling right now. People who are going back to restaurants. People who are inching back in, maybe sitting on the patio. People who still aren't ready to go out to eat again. And that's with hundreds of you letting us know how you feel, By the way, only a few of you folks were brave enough to use our new call-in number. It's okay, we get it. Texting is easier. We'll try that method again soon. But we heard from folks from all three camps. And we wanted to do this episode, especially ahead of the holiday weekend, when you're going to be surrounded by other people, potentially. Or maybe you would have been surrounded by other people, but your plans have changed. It's a weekend we're all thinking about what normal is and how we can get back to normal eventually. We wanted to give you this gentle reminder that people are handling things differently right now. Not everyone is comfortable with everything, and that's okay. So we're hoping to share these different perspectives. When it comes to going back to sit inside a restaurant, a lot of you described having your temperatures taken at the front door, sitting at socially distanced tables, and you're okay with that. It's a mixed opinion on the disposable plates. They do feel wasteful, I agree, but probably more easy to ensure that they're clean. I will say that Jan made me giggle when she lamented having nice cocktails out of a paper cup. Maybe I've gotten used to that a little too quickly. Since restaurants opened first in St. Charles and then on the Missouri side altogether, then in Illinois, we heard from several of you who had headed westward early to get your foodie fix. As Melinda put it, quote, we jumped in the car and headed to Missouri to enjoy a meal inside a restaurant. Who would have thought that such a small thing would make someone so happy? 
Caitlin is one of you who's already eaten out several times because, as she puts it, quote, the coronavirus is not going anywhere, just like the flu and every other illness that always exists. We must learn to exist with it. And it looks like that means plexiglass and hand sanitizer for a while is how we exist with it. I will say whenever any of you named a restaurant by name to us, it was to say great things about how you felt they were handling stuff. And that's really awesome to hear. Robert says going to Colton's and Poplar Bluff was a nice taste of normalcy. Marnie likes some of the positive side effects of social distancing, like smaller crowds. At Tucker's place off Manchester, she says she was actually able to score a table and talk to the server. She says it was one of her better meals at the restaurant, which can normally get kind of packed. Kara told us a similar story at the Tower Grove Farmer's Market. She says it feels a lot less crowded with these social distancing measures. Winnie told us she's been out to eat at more than 10 places since restaurants have reopened. She's a big foodie. And she noticed a lot of changes that made her feel more comfortable when done correctly. I've noticed that some restaurants may tuck their mask under their chin while they're talking to you. And I do somewhat find this behavior questionable, but it doesn't bother me enough to say something about it. So for the most part, based off of my experiences, St. Louis restaurants do seem to be doing an awesome job with coronavirus prevention. Um, the very minimum, though, that I'd like to see is that the, um, the staff is wearing masks the entire time. Speaking of minimum and staffing, that's another thing you might see in some places. Bruce told us one spot where he ate al fresco had very light staffing. Waiters told him some of their former colleagues didn't come back to work yet because they actually are making more on unemployment right now. He was quick to point out, though, that the servers were all very kind and gave great service. Maybe this should be a reminder to tip well, maybe even better than you usually do, if you do go out to eat. Remember, people are putting their wellness at a higher risk to give you your sense of normalcy. You should reward them for that. And because restaurants, especially local places, still need your support, curbside service is still an option at almost anywhere that had pivoted to offer it. I'm glad to hear so many of you are doing that. Renee says that since she and her family aren't comfortable with patio seating yet, that's how they're going to continue supporting local. You guys, you're not alone if you're just not there yet. As Kathleen tells us, I'm a true foodie, and especially during the warm weather months when patio dining is most enjoyable, but I am in no hurry to get back to restaurant dining, patio, or indoors. This pandemic is not controlled yet. It is too soon for things to be opening back up. And she adds for this foreseeable future, it's curbside or delivery for her and hers. Well, every restaurant has to make its own decisions based on all sorts of things. That includes finances, their employees, their access to PPP, their ability to do this pivoting to being more social distance friendly properly. A lot of you worry about the decision to reopen at all. A lot of you guys say that you miss going out but aren't ready to risk it yet. Teresa, with her compromised immune system, for example, says she hasn't been anywhere for months. Kim reminds us that the coronavirus is not like the flu and worries about a second wave and a possible shutdown that could come with it. You have to do what you feel most comfortable with. It's okay to change your mind, too, though, to maybe dip your toe into the water. John tells us he went to a restaurant that was packed. He doesn't want to say exactly where it was, but he just didn't feel comfortable. Now he's going to go back to sticking to curbside only. Kelly says during all of this, she's actually realized how much she enjoys cooking and trying new recipes and saving money by eating at home. You do you. 
but make sure you're being respectful of other people. At the time of his comment, Terry says he's still not sure whether or not he's going to go out to eat in the foreseeable future, but he adds, restaurants are probably the cleanest they've ever been. love a conversation with all of you, but now we're going to bring in another voice. Hello, Abby Eats St. Louis. Jordan Palmer is important for the podcast for a couple of reasons. Not only is he in charge of all things digital at Five on Your Side and gave me the green light to even do this podcast, Dory and myself, but he is also a beer blogger, big food guy, big beer guy especially, um, in charge of the handle Drink314. So he's curating a lot of different beer news, always sending me different tips that he's finding, and we just like chatting food. Actually, I remember I said I wanted to do this podcast is a competition to drink through one four, but I think we work well together. It's uh, food and beer, obviously complement each other. And I really don't get too much into the food scene, although I have done some stories on what I ate and drank at certain tap rooms, but I let the professionals like yourself handle the food <laughs> and I'll handle the beer. Do you have a beer of summer 2020? As a matter of fact, I do. And I just literally published it. Uh, my beer of summer is Bluewood Brewing's mm. Crush. Uh, Crush is a New England-style IPA that they came out with, I guess, in April, and I can't get enough of it. And then they came out with the Crush Pineapple. And I literally just posted, I call it Beerography, and I just wrote the Beerography on Crush. And I, I communicate right now with emails with all the brewers, and they tell me the backstories of their, of their beer. Uh, and so, yes, that's my beer of summer. I'm a New England-style IPA guy right now, um, but I'm, I also branch out a little bit. But I also keep my uh, drinking only uh, limited just due to health reasons, but I don't even finish them sometimes. But that beer is the beer of summer for me, and I highly recommend it. That's awesome. Are you going and drinking at establishments at this point, or are you trying to stay home? I have not been out to establishments. Um, I have done curbside service mm -hmm. and pickup uh, primarily. Uh, that has really been working for me uh, just from the COVID-19 perspective. Uh, with a, I'm being at high risk, so I really want to protect everything. I go in fully masked and, and kind of dressed out. Uh, but the curbside service that DeBurys uh, and pretty much all of them have done has really been uh, perfect for me and at the moment have no interest yet in uh, heading out, so to speak. I love the innovation that's come with all of the everything curbside, so I hope it continues for a long time for those of us who are still kind of trying to make sure we take things slowly and are doing what makes us feel comfortable. So let's get into some food news for this week. Uh, we're going to start with something a little bit heavy here, but it is important in the food world. Mr. Charlie Gito suffered a heart attack. Our sports director, Frank Cusimano, whose family has chemos, and the Cusimano family is pretty close with a lot of the Italian restaurant scene here in St. Louis. He confirms for us that Mr. Gito is in bad shape. Um, Charlie Gito, of course, has owned the Charlie Gito's restaurant downtown since 1978. Not only is it known for its Italian food and hospitality, it's also a big place for celebrities to stop when they are visiting St. Louis. So if you've been to St. Louis and eaten in St. Louis, there's a chance that Charlie Gito's has been on your radar. So we just want to let you all know about that and uh, keep Charlie Gito in your prayers and thoughts right now. You know, Abby, that place, it would 
well, the old Bush Stadium, clearly it's not too far from the new Bush Stadium, but back in the uh, 80s and 90s, uh, that was really a place where uh, fans would gather pregame. And, and then if you were lucky enough to go postgame, uh, you would catch some of the, the players. I have a memory of Tommy Lurs- Tommy Lursota, Lur- Lur- sorry, uh, Lasorda uh, at dinner. Uh, at the downtown Charlie Gito's, um, and I didn't ask him for an autograph or anything, but it was just crazy when you're in there and you see these these bigger than life celebrities like him. And then those walls are just filled with great photographs of people who've come and gone. And my favorite image in there actually is this world. I mean, it's just huge, this world class picture of a Stan Musial baseball card. Um, so if you get a chance, go down there when it reopens because it is a piece of St. Louis history. Absolutely, and helped make St. Louis into the dining scene that it's been able to become today. There's some happier news out in St. Charles County. Clementines is opening their first non-St. Louis city location. We talked a little bit more about this last week. Um, I've had Clementines twice in the past week, Jordan, so... Merp, merp. <laughs> Good luck for everybody who lives close to the St. Charles County location now that it's out in Lake St. Louis there. Um, that huge space with the outdoor patio uh, should be fun. And congrats to Clementines for another big expansion. It's amazing that you are actually having the chance to report expanding news in the middle of all this. 100%. And, uh, although I uh, have to keep my ice cream content down just due to <laughs> sugar, I do uh, I do wish everybody in Lake St. Louis a, uh, a happiness on uh, enjoying Clementines. It is devilishly good. That being said, of course, that that's some great news happening during the coronavirus. Um the coronavirus is still continuing to impact the St. Louis restaurant scene at some points in a kind of micro level. So we have a couple of restaurants that have had to close once again due to coronavirus cases. So as a reminder, restaurants in the St. Louis area have been allowed to be open again since May 18th with these restrictions. Um, Wheelhouse, the Midwestern and Start Bar, they're kind of the Charlie Gitos of the Gen Z slash young millennials, I would say, Jordan, a place for people to hang out before and after Cardinals games in that downtown area. They're essentially saying that they are closed because, well, here's actually a quote from their Instagram post. Um, Wheelhouse posted, we can't ensure the safety of all of our staff and customers right now, which means we can't succeed right now. We can't enjoyably operate in the current environment. So that's all they posted. But a co-owner of that restaurant group or bar scene told St. Louis Magazine that they actually first learned of a customer testing positive, and then they learned about two employees testing positive. So it's one of those situations where people are having to see what works for them. And sometimes that means pivoting back in a different direction. So wishing all the staff there good luck um, and their safety and being able to close right now. And Herbie's and Clayton will also remain closed after a customer tested positive for the virus. The restaurant says that they kind of went into emergency mode right after that, brought in a specialized cleaning crew to deep clean, sanitize the entire space. And they're going to have employees tested before returning back to work. But that's another restaurant that has had to close due to this. You know, Abby, this would be probably a good chance uh, uh, just to mention the Gateway Resilience Fund. Uh, I did a couple stories on the beer blog regarding how the fund was helping out uh, brewery employees, but I believe it also is helping out employees of all the restaurants who are suffering. So if you just Google Gateway Resilience Fund, you'll find it. And there you can donate. Uh, and basically, it hel- it's helping all these employees get through this. And now with uh, sort of the uptick we're seeing, I think it's 
more necessary than ever that we try to keep these guys going because God forbid, you know, at the end of this, who, how many of these bars and restaurants are, are going to be there? So mm-hmm. uh, if you have the wherewithal, please, uh, Google Gateway Resilience Fund. We'll do you one better, and we'll actually put a link to that in the episode notes. Um, so just go ahead and check that out after you've listened to this. And it's a, also a reminder that's I'm glad you brought that up, Jordan, because even though some restaurants are reopening, not all of them are reopening with full staff. Not all, A lot of people have been laid off and are never going to be get, able to get back to work, even when they're workplace is open again. So Gateway Resilience Fund is definitely something to check out. If you are looking to get outside, get your hands on your own freshly picked food, Eckert's is reopening this pick. It's the largest pick your own orchard in the country or largest, oldest family owned pick your own orchard in the country, which I guess it's kind of specific, but I didn't know that until relatively recently. Um, They are going to be welcoming people back. They tested things out with strawberries a couple weeks ago. You may remember Turns out things worked pretty well for them. So here are the stipulations. Reservations are going to be required, but at Belleville, Grafton, farms will be open through July 19th. You'll have to check in before entering the fields, and the number of people is going to be limited uh, on different time slots. But they're going to have blackberries, then peaches, and then they're going to have all sorts of vegetables like squash, tomatoes, beets, corn, kale, peppers, turnips, and onions. All of you folks who decided to flex cooking muscles during this quarantine, this could be good for you. And for all the families who've been trying uh, to keep their kids you know, from going nuts without being able to do anything. This is a perfect, I mean, we did this, you know, 20, uh, 15 years ago with my kids. And uh, boy, I can only imagine that uh, family should be making reservations now to get out there and just let the kids in a good way, social distancing as much as they have to, but at least get outside and get out in the nature. So hopefully that'll work out. And the nice thing is you can get their hands dirty, but there's going to be plenty of hand sanitizer around. So it's not the wrong kind of dirt for right now. We're not the wrong kind of dirty hands. Jordan, this story is perfect for you to give me some, uh, we're going to have a nice little chat about this. Zoo beer is back. Urban Chestnut partnered with the zoo last year for the first official beer ever for the St. Louis Zoo, which I was kind of surprised by. That's the time they had the bears on the can. Yes, this year it's penguins, and I love yeah, it. The cans are, are remarkable. Um, matter of fact, here's the, the trick to the cans. It, you can, If you take at least two of them together, you can angle them in such a way that you can see the whole picture uh, on two cans. And it really is remarkable. It's sort of the new way uh, uh, beer cans and beer labels are going, where they're actually creating artwork amongst multiple cans. Uh, but, yes, this is the second year. They, uh, the first year they did, uh, again, a Kolsch which is a German-style beer, kind of low alcohol, very crisp, a light beer, very summery. Uh, uh, as far as I know, it's the same Kolsch recipe that Urban Chestnut created last yes. year, um, and it, it is remarkable. I, I rate my summer beers by if I would drink one after cutting the grass, <laughs> and this is uh, a perfect beer for that. It's what we call sessionable, meaning it's a low alcohol so that you can enjoy more than one uh, and still be in pretty good shape, but uh, bravo to Urban Chestnut uh, and bravo to the zoo for bringing back what I considered last year a very successful collaboration. So it's really great to see 
different cross sections of St. Louis coming together and supporting the beer and supporting, you know, family uh, destinations. So bravo to both. And not just supporting family destinations in name, but also financially. So last year they sold more than 1,700 cases of that beer, which meant Urban Chestnut was able to donate more than $5,200 to the zoo because every case that's sold three dollars go to support animal care and conservation so very cool i also love a good colch in the summertime so this is perfect and the perfect beer and don't forget to check out those cans because they really are remarkable i think the penguins will add to the refreshing quality of it nice and cool when it's really hot and summery and humid (laughs) so jordan are you a pot stickers dumplings kind of guy um i used to be uh i i was a big fan of lulu's uh uh, dumplings, uh, but I've had to cut down on the carbs a little bit. Mm-hmm. So dumplings were a little bit that had to uh, kind of go. Uh, but I have sampled um, this uh, this new place, Crispy Edge, which I think you're about to talk about because uh, it, it's not too far from my house. And I was at a street party and they were there and I could not resist. So what else do you know? Well, they have a little something for everybody. And now, including that person who just wishes you had pizza available, but they're going to be teaming up with Dogtown Pizza. So another local collaboration here. The Dogtown is their newest pot sticker. It's going to be made of Dogtown Pizza's Italian sausage plus their pizza sauce. And they're going to have a cheese blend filling with Parmesan and oregano dough. So they always do something kind of funky, even with the dough there. They've made some that I'm like, this is amazing. Some that are a little bit weird. This one sounds kind of like an elevated uh, hot pocket or something like that. Like elevated hot yes. pocket. And I mean that in the best way. <laughs> I, I'm taking it in the best way. I, I'm actually sitting here salivating as you're reading all this. And it is amazing that the pizza town that we've kind of become how pizza, uh, the, the combination, just like the zoo in Urban Chestnut, yeah. you know, uh, restaurants coming together and putting pizza. And you would think this has actually been, been done before, but uh, this is just a fantastic idea. And uh, I probably will have to sample one. Uh, if I ever get that chance. Yeah, absolutely. Well, the nice thing is Crispy Edge is giving you the option of going there, but uh, to pick up their pot stickers, they've always had it where you can buy some to go, but now you can also get um, the Crispy Edge pot stickers frozen at multiple different Schnooks locations, at Randall's, a local harvest grocery, at Gustine Market in Tower Grove, and the Craft Beer Cellar in South City. That'll be available on July 7th, and I might have to try some of those. They do sound good. We have one more collaboration, kind of, to talk about. I say kind of because it's not actually a collaboration, but it kind of looks like it is. And it actually had me fooled when I first saw the Instagram post. So The Cup, which is a cupcakery in the Central West End and in Edwardsville, is going to be slinging Arch City sliders in these cute little slider boxes. But because it's a cupcakery, they're actually cupcakes. So, Jordan, I sent you a picture of these I mean, you can see in the box, it is a little slider with all the toppings even spilling out. You've got fries, you've got dipping sauce. It looks like a slider, but it's all sweets. It's all cake and cupcakes and frosting and coconut. And it's so convincing looking. Well, I got to tell you, I did not read this prior to looking at it now. I did glance at the picture and I I am duped. Um, And in fact, I'm actually... uh, confused on how anybody has the skills to create this this is uh this is a little it's not photoshopped i mean but they it really does look uh, uh appetizing but again um 
I wish it was a little bit more protein. I could have it, but boy, if you're gonna if you're gonna make it all sweets, um, this guy's gonna have to stay away. But you all out there, please eat them all. And one more thing we wanted to note for those folks who are still trying to cook at home more than maybe they were before. Maybe they are trying to avoid going inside of grocery stores. Aldi is now offering curbside pickup via Instacart at several locations. Uh, Chinooks has been offering this, but I know a lot of folks like to try to uh, buy certain things at the lower cost Aldi stores. Well, now you can do that curbside as well in O'Fallon, Illinois, O'Fallon, Missouri, St. Anne, Alton, and U City. We have a story about this with the exact locations and how you do this on ksdk.com right now. And finally, one more update uh, based on something we talked about last week. So the Parkmore Drive-In, we talked about how they are going to be, their new version is going to be opening in the space formerly occupied by the Half and Half in Webster Groves. We said that they were aiming for a July 4th opening date. I actually stopped by there yesterday. I think we might feature them in an next week's podcast because it was such a fun conversation but just a heads up they're not going to be opening by july 4th they're aiming maybe for the 15th which would be the 89th birthday of the original park more if it were still around so just a quick update on that jordan did you read at the park more oh yes <laughs> uh i ate at the uh probably in the last month of the park more that was in richmond heights on the corner of clayton and Big Ben there. Uh, yeah, I had, uh, I've had uh, many uh, early and late breakfast there. That's awesome. What about this week, though? What's the best thing you've had to eat this week? You get to answer this question this time. Um, I actually had several great things uh, this week. Uh, the first one that jumps to my mind, I'm a, I love real great ramen, and I love great pho. Mm. And uh, we were coming back from a... Uh, what I would call a St. Louis Symphony Orchestra. They had some members that were playing down here in South City. Oh, yeah. And we just had a craving for some pho. So we ordered up at uh, Faux Grand, and they were open only for about 15 minutes more, and they whipped together our meal. We zoomed over and picked it up, and I had, like, this the steak pho. I couldn't tell you the order number, but I got it home, and uh, my wife and I both had our different orders, and she can split one. I have to have the whole thing. Uh, so it was, uh, I actually tried to get a little less sodium in it, but, um, it, it tastes fantastic. Mm. It was the meal of the week, but I also will say a close second was I did indulge at Lulu's, I'm sorry, Lona's little eats. Mm. Uh, I love their, uh, it's like a, sh- a pesto shrimp, uh, wrap in their, like their rice paper with, um, some of their steamed vegetables inside. Just, it's my go-to when, uh, I'm really not looking for fast food, but I, don't want to drive too far away and it's only about three blocks away so uh it's a great drive for sure yeah man and they're all drive up curbside so you know it's fantastic i told dory last week that i shouldn't do this I, we should never record this before i eat my lunch for the day but i made that mistake too. right now um i one of the things i've been missing the most about restaurants being normal about our old normal is brunch i love going i'm a total millennial in that way. I love, I'm a morning person. I like waking up and enjoying a meal to start my day with people. And I've really been missing doing that. But this weekend, I got a little bit of a taste of that. I got with together with some friends for a backyard brunch in honor of uh, it kind of in a baby shower. It was a baby shower, but like without all the annoying games and things like that. And it was so nice. And we got 
quiche from Nathaniel Reed and had mimosas, and it was just lovely. And it was a great way to kind of get together with some friends and have that brunch experience without um, having to go into a restaurant, still maintaining social distancing. And you can't go wrong with a Nathaniel Reed quiche. I'll give you that. <laughs> you know, there's a, a, I just slipped this one in. Uh, the, uh, the rooster down here on South Grand uh, for Father's Day and Mother's Day. Now, I'm wondering if they'll do this, uh, you know, just on regular days. But what they did is a special brunch that we order. You go and you pick it up, and but it's not cooked. You, they basically provide you the ingredients. And then we came home and made a brunch on Father's Day. We also did it on Mother's Day. And uh, you can add what you want. But they basically provided everything from the eggs and, and seasoning. It was just fantastic. So brunch can be back. Uh, if uh, you're willing to do a little of the work and the restaurants are, will uh, give you exactly what they what, what goes into it and give you the recipe. Another awesome innovation that's come out of all of this. I loved that Rooster did that. So it is not Mother's Day or Father's Day this weekend, but it is 4th of July weekend. It's going to be a very interesting, different 4th of July celebration around town because of things, because of everything. We don't need to remind you of that, but not necessarily a 4th of July celebration, but they will be noting it this weekend. Of course, Nine Mile Garden, the food truck park that we've been talking about for months, is finally opening this weekend. Um, they had kind of a soft opening last night, Tuesday night. Things went pretty well, and they are excited to be opening. They are in Afton, right off Gravoy. So just a reminder that this is going to be a rotation of 30 different local food trucks that will be there for lunch and dinner. So you can go there every night of the week and have a different experience. And they're also going to have live music every single night. This weekend, for their grand opening, they're going to have an outdoor movie screened on Saturday and then a virtual fireworks show courtesy of Five on Your Side. We're working with them to help them make that virtual fireworks show happen. They're also going to have the Canteen, which is their kind of permanent on-site bar with beer, wine, batch cocktails, and cold brew on tap. And then they're going to always have different entertainment. It's pet-friendly. They'll have outdoor movies going it is a great time for us to have something like this open up in the community. Very, uh, I've talked to Brian about it a bunch of times. I'm super excited for him. And it's going to be very good for us to be able to get out and be outside and go out to eat right now. I, I hope this works so bad. Mm -hmm. I, I, I was, you know, before all this, it was just an exciting, great idea. And, and then I felt so bad for them when, boom, they're getting ready to open and this hits. Uh, I hope it can survive. It's, it just sounds so great. Um, so as long as uh, you're feeling comfortable about it, I would highly recommend it. Keep your distance. Wear your mask if you, if you believe in that. And please enjoy a little bit of outdoor entertainment. I'm interested in the batch cocktail, so I'll have to figure out what they're serving there. Yeah, I think that I, I agree. I hope it does well. I, it seems like it's set up for success in this current moment, especially. Um, but we'll have to see. So uh, hopefully more good news to report after their opening weekend and things are going well. So something that you will not be able to head to this weekend, but it might be part of your normal tradition, so we want to make sure you know about it so that you can attend in the 2020 version, which is Fair St. Louis, which is going virtual. So it's called Fair St. Louis at Home this year. They're going to feature St. Louis musicians like Changi, 
of course, anytime St. Louis and Chingy and Nelly, and we've got those couple like rappers that we're always clinging to, but Chingy's going to be there as well as the Little Dylan Band, Alexandra K, Jordan Suter, with a streaming event. So it's going to be on the Fair St. Louis website and their Facebook page starting at 10 a.m. on Saturday. They're also promising some celebrity appearances with entertainment by different variety acts and a salute to not only service members, but also this year, essential workers. So if it gets really hot on Saturday and you need a little time inside or you want to bring out your phone and uh, stream that as part of your celebrations, there you go. Fair St. Louis going virtual. Would have loved to have had a virtual air show or at least put a GoPro in a jet and have it fly around on that. Oh, that would have been so That cool. sounds amazing. We still have a couple days. You can work on that, Jordan. Four Hands is trying to come back this weekend um, and they kind of here's what they basically say they're trying to do because they're inching back into this as they say they are going to try to keep the crowd size down uh, in a tent that they're setting up by breaking up Friday and sat Fridays Saturdays and Sundays into two hour time slots starting at 1130 there's going to be a half hour between each session for them to clean the space and prepare for the next group of people um, they're only going to have a hundred people in that tent space at a time. So they will require a reservation. This is kind of cool. You need to pay $5 to hold your spot, but then paying for that $5 also pays for your first beer. Uh, kids are also welcome. No reservations required for them. They're going to have all sorts of games and Peacemaker Lobster. So sounds like it could be a pretty fun event. Abby, have you been to a beer festival before? I have. I've seen you at a beer festival before. Oh, that's correct. So uh, that's right. But you, but a lot of beer festivals actually do break into sessions. Uh, the one we were at did not, which is at Schlafly. But a lot of, and I'm wondering if Forehands here is kind of tapping into a new model for breweries. And, he, and here's what I'm getting at. Uh, there are, there's one specifically that was called the Centennial Beer Festival, and you would pay a certain amount of money, and you had two hours to uh, go around and try different beers. Now, in this case, it won't be a lot of breweries. It'll just be forehands. But it, it's a block of time for a specific amount of money. And they may be onto something as far as a new model for breweries. Um, you know, we've, we've had a couple bars that have tried to do sort of pay as you go. Uh, this is an interesting idea. And just because it's uh, another beer of my summer, uh, Scale of Complexity is one of their finest oh, yeah. summer beers. Uh, but they do within a lot of ways. They, they change the hop uh, recipe every quarter, and they just redid it, and it's just fantastic with an experimental hop. So I'm looking forward to this. I actually have been discussing with my wife about trying this uh, this model. Um, so um, I'll let you know yeah. if uh, how that all goes. I also think, does it have anything to do with, because I know sometimes when there's you know different beer festivals, they have different times during which different beers are put on tap. Does it kind of help keep their keg flow like the best it can be actually in a way it does but that's usually when you have multiple breweries Mm -hmm. uh but in this case i would say you know they might uh say in the hour first hour they might have a a keg of of something you know uh, absence of light let's say which is one of their big beers uh you know just for a specific like almost like a rare tapping is what they usually call it uh but it it opens the doors really to having a little more fun for example at the schlafly uh festival they would tap a different keg every hour mm-hmm. uh so uh with the, with these shorter uh you know beer uh, convenient times, uh, there certainly opens up the idea of breaking something out, uh, even just for a short period of time, uh, that might be rare or they just you know want to clear out the keg fridge.
That's fun. That's good insight. I like that. I, I also like the fact that they're building in time to clean up, by the way. I think that seems like a really smart 2020 idea. Um, something that who would have thunk that this would be coming back in 2020, but it seems to be pretty popular here. The Powerplex has been hosting different drive-in movies, drive-in graduations, and they are having a drive-in 4th of July weekend celebration here as well. The Powerplex being the former St. Louis Mills Mall. Um, I used to run that place uh, when I was a youth and walking around in my Abercrombie t-shirts. And now you can just drive up and watch a movie, watch a concert. They're doing all sorts of stuff here. So they're doing concerts uh, that are up to 600 cars can park there with six people in each car. Um, you can get tickets for the different events at driveinstl.com, but a quick look at what they're doing for this weekend. On Friday, Freebird USA will be the musical headliner with Apollo 13 on the big screen afterward. Saturday, they're going to have a country music blowout followed by a bunch of different country music acts, and then fireworks after that. And then Sunday, they are having a different type of drive-in, uh, beginning at 11 a.m. They're going to have a Burger Bash car show. So they'll have a bunch of antique cars, different live music, but then they're also going to have the biggest cheeseburger challenge in St. Louis there. Top food trucks and restaurants will fire up their grills for that competition, and then attendees will get to judge which one is the best. So they're going to also have that kind of jumbotron featuring the different classic cars. So Seems like it'll be a pretty big event for your 4th of July weekend there as well, all at the Powerplex. Ironically, I was just out there yesterday for my daughter's high school graduation. Oh, congratulations. And uh, I, it really is, uh, they, they're going to, they're doing it well. I mean, from where I was at on, uh, I'm guessing it would be the east side of the building, uh, they really do space you out. And we had the ability to put up some chairs in front of the car. The cars were spaced nicely. Um, you know, and, and there was everyone social distanced, everyone was in, you know, good spirit. So I think as long as, uh, they, they, I mean, the parking lot is so enormous. Mm -hmm. There's really no way reason to, to get too close. Uh, boy, it really was a nice setup. They had big, beautiful screens that were really easy to see, um, high up enough that even people or cars in front of you are not in your view. So it should be really interesting. Um, the center stage, we weren't anywhere near it, but uh, if you get the chance to be in the center, I guess you have a really good view. But the monitors uh, were really superior, and it really didn't matter if I was in front of the, the screen or not. So I think it's going to work. That's a really good endorsement. I'm glad that you were able to provide that perspective because I haven't actually gotten a chance to go out there yet. But I would be totally down for a uh drive-in concert. I think that sounds kind of fun. I like listening to music in the car anyway. So so this weekend, a lot of different um, freedom festivals and 4th of July celebrations that people are used to, as we mentioned with Fair St. Louis, canceled. In St. Charles, the Riverfest that I grew up going to is still canceled because of the coronavirus. However, they've just announced they are still going to be showing their fireworks. So the show begins at 920 on the riverfront near Frontier Park. Um, they're going to have some traffic closures, so check out our web story for all of that so you make sure you don't get stuck in any traffic. Masks and social distancing are encouraged but not required. So if you're concerned with that, you might still want to steer clear. But just know that there will be fireworks on the river in St. Charles this year still. And Abby, I will put a plug in for uh, the website. Uh, we just published our, you know, pretty much a who's and who's not doing fireworks. Uh, so if you get a chance, just head over to casekid.com 
and you'll see uh, or search fireworks KSDK on Google, and it will come up, and it'll tell you all the places that are doing them and all the places that traditionally you thought would have done them uh, are, that are canceled. The, the whole list is there for you. That is a helpful tool. And then also after the fireworks have cleared, after 4th of July celebrations are over, we have another reminder of something important to keep um, top of mind really in the food world right now, which is the food insecurity and how much that has become an even bigger issue due to the coronavirus and the economic impacts of the pandemic. Um, St. Louis area food bank is still distributing meals since March. They've, they've given out more than 5 million more meals than they did this time last year. So they are continuing that work. They're going to have a series of different mobile food markets that are launching throughout this weekend and continuing into next week. All of those locations having drive-up availabilities with those markets lasting about two hours or until their supplies run out. We know a lot of folks are relying on that kind of thing more than ever. So we have all the locations listed on stlfoodbank.org that we want to make sure you know about there. Jordan, how do you think you did? Well, I hope I did okay. I hope I wasn't streaming into my phone here. Um, I hope I uh, sounded like I knew what I was talking about with beer. But more, I think, uh, than anything else, it was just nice to join you on this podcast. I'm just so proud of you for making it work. And uh, I hope Dory doesn't get mad at me for uh, filling in for her. You are a... I mean, I like looking at Dory's face better, but it's been great to see you, Jordan, here too. (laughs) I thank you very much. It's been a pleasure, and uh, I hope everyone enjoys uh, the future episodes. Ooh la la. Ooh la la. Ooh la la. Well, Abby Eats St. Louis is a Five in Your Side production. I'm Abby Larico. And I'm Jordan Palmer. Special thanks to everyone who's been keeping us updated on their food habits and shared comments with us earlier in the episode. We always like hearing from you, so make sure you reach out to us on our Instagram. We're at Abby Eats St. Louis. You can also email us, podcast at ksdk.com. If you like what you've been hearing and want to share it with your friends, first off, please do. Word of mouth is awesome. And second, make sure you're subscribed to our podcast to make sure other people are seeing us as well. Have a happy and healthy 4th of July weekend. Please be kind and considerate in your celebrations and always seize the plate.